You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. going on my people it's just great to be with you today this is your boy nathan crankfield the host and founder of the seeking excellence podcast and today i got another just little quick message for you trying to get back in the habit of consistently habitually podcasting so uh we got some great content coming out here soon with a lot of great guests um but today just had a little message i wanted to get out something that's been on my mind uh, this past weekend i was actually in dallas texas i was blessed to be in a wedding in austin and then went to Dallas for a couple of days visiting some of Emily's friends down there. And somewhere along the weekend, I can't remember, it might have even been last week. I don't know. I've traveled a lot recently. And uh, but somewhere in the in the last week or so, somebody brought up to, to both of us the marshmallow test with kids. Now you might have seen this marshmallow test done before. I know I've read about it in a number of books. I've seen the video <laughs> several times. I've seen it recreated in modern day, um, you know, in, in the modern day world uh, many times. And I've seen parents do it to their kids just on their own too, you know, on social media and stuff like that. And so if you're not familiar with the marshmallow test, what the marshmallow test is, is when you, you take your kid and they could be anywhere from like, I think three is really a fair age. Two is kind of still kind of difficult to comprehend it. I think depending on what level your two-year-old's at, but three to four, three to seven, I would say is kind of like the key range. I should have looked up the study. I'll link it below. I'll look it up after. Um, but around three to seven ish, uh, maybe four or five to seven, they do this marshmallow test. And what you do is you put the kid at a table and you place a marshmallow in front of them. Now they're allowed to touch it, smell it, lick it, whatever. They just can't eat it. And if they don't eat it for, it's like 10 minutes, it's something pretty short, five or 10 minutes then they get a second marshmallow. They're allowed to eat it, but if they do eat it, then they don't get a second one. And so it's this whole thing, right, that basically measures a child's ability to practice delayed gratification. And so what they came to learn was that it was a huge predictor as they tracked these kids, because this was done like back in the 60s or 70s. And they tracked these kids over decades of life, and they realized how much more successful in pretty much every area of life the kids who waited ended up being. And so I think they had like a higher marriage rate or, or a lower divorce rate, at least. Um, more successful careers, they were healthier, and it just really actually was a great indicator for future success. Now, I think that I would have been the kid who would have probably eaten it right away. 
And, uh, and hopefully, you know, you can kind of imagine where you might have been. I think one of the key things in, in recognizing, you know, you know, retrospectively looking back to what you think you might have done, one thing that's really important is recognizing that uh, you can grow and change, right? We have a growth mindset here at Seeking Excellence for sure. And so recognize that you can grow and change. It doesn't mean just because you would have done that back then that that's who you have to be forever. But I want to talk today about delayed gratification as you've probably seen from the title of this episode. And so delayed gratification, obviously, this huge indicator, right, on whether or not we're going to be successful in life and successful in all these different things. I'm going to get into how delayed gratification really affects all the seven different pillars, but I want to lay a little bit of a framework and a groundwork for what delayed gratification is, right? Because when we look at it, I think in, in views of like the marshmallow test or some of this silly stuff, it's easy to be like, oh, well, it's really not that important. But one of the things that I think is really key is to always look at the roots of something, right? Like what causes you to not practice delayed gratification? And I think more often than not, those things are things like entitlement, sloth, and gluttony. So entitlement's an interesting one. Uh, I think it's really intriguing because it's obviously grown in society, right? I think as you see, the, I, I don't know which, I think it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. I don't know which comes first. Um, but between entitlement and socialism, or just kind of like modern day liberalism, where you, everybody can do all they want, uh, morality doesn't exist, everybody's actions are the same, um, we're entitled to more and more things, things should be free, we have this ever expanding, quote unquote, basic human rights, um, we have this just sense of entitlement. And unfortunately, as with many things, this is like my favorite thing to point out, is the way that negative uh, things or vices or negative habits have infiltrated the church. And so this is one that I think is huge and really largely goes unnoticed by a lot of people. But we do in the church have this sense of entitlement. And it's not just young people. You know, I know we always get the bad rap, right? It's always, you know, millennials think they deserve everything and everything should be free and easy. And like, that can be true. And there might be a higher percentage of millennials that think that. But I mean, if you've heard me rant before, you know that I blame a lot of society's problems on the baby boomers. I don't know how you blame 20 and 30 year olds for the problems in the world. Um, it seems to me a lot like thinking that a 78 year old who's been in government for 50 years is going to come in and fix the government. Uh, and by what I mean by that is I think it sounds foolish. But I think that we do nonetheless, I think by and large, as millennials or young people, whatever generation you're in, struggle with delayed gratification. And, and a lot of that comes from strongly with entitlement. And so, you know, what is entitlement? I think that it really is just kind of a lack of gratitude for what we have and an expectation that we deserve more, much more than is owed to us, right? Things that we didn't work for, things that we didn't earn, um, that they should just be handed to us. I think this is why a lot of people quit in the spiritual life, because they think that it should just be easy. Like some people have overnight conversions. I deserve an overnight conversion. I deserve to hear God's voice in my life. I deserve to have that constant joy and that glow of holiness and all that stuff, right? And, and I'll get into more of how that plays out in the different ways in a bit. But I think uh, the other ones, I think, are sloth and gluttony. So um, another thing that really keeps us from delayed gratification can be sloth, also can be considered laziness or the unwillingness to accept the responsibility that's been given to us, right? Just avoiding responsibility, procrastination, being lazy. Um, you know, I know it's tough with the popularization of sloths, the animal sloths. Recently, we feel bad just dogging them with the word sloth, but it is one of the seven deadly sins. And I think it's really important that we recognize that because sometimes we, we glorify sloth. We also glorify gluttony, just like we glorify entitlement. 
today. We, we act like, you know, it's great to just sit and binge. And this is what I do. I sit and I, I binge, you know, my TV shows and, and obviously like comedy is meant to be comedy, but like you watch a lot of these reels and stuff on Instagram and you wonder how much people are joking uh, or TikToks, you know, when they talk about just like sitting around doing nothing all day, every Saturday or every like Tuesday night, you know, I, I think of that state farm commercial where he's like, I'm going to watch, he sit there with the, the talking dog and he's like, I'm going to watch seven episodes tonight. He's like, Oh, so a typical Tuesday night. And it's like, man, you have to stop and think like, how is that affecting my life? Like how have I become slothful? And I think the seven pillars are really the best way to, to kind of evaluate yourself on that. And I'm working on some things, especially for the upcoming new year um, that'll help you to do that going into 2022 um, and help me to do that. Praise the Lord. And so uh, the third thing I want to talk about, that's kind of the, the root cause of, of delayed gratification. Like I already mentioned it is gluttony. And so this is just kind of like the opposite of temperance, right? This is when you say, I'm just going to give myself all that I want. We usually think about it with food, but it can be with a lot of things. It can also be with TV or with spending. It can kind of lead into greed. Um, it can be with, um, you know, just selfishness and just feeding your own ego and feeding all of your desires with no control, no discipline, right? So the opposite of entitlement, I think, is gratitude and obviously a hard work ethic and justice. And then the opposite of sloth and gluttony is going to be uh, discipline and, and making yourself disciplined and um, a lover of truth, a lover of righteousness, a lover of uh, kind of going along with the hard work as well. So those are kind of the antithesis. Now let's talk about the ways delayed gratification can seep into the seven pillars so that you can take this as a little bit of an evaluation of your own life. And I'm going to do the same as well. I've told you many times before that the way that I come up with a lot of content is thinking about, all right, what are the things that I'm struggling with or conversations that I've had with people recently um, and see that they're struggling with? Those are the things that I'm like, oh, I should talk about that. What's the talk that I need to hear? You know, it's usually the easiest way to go about it. And so um, there's a ton, right? So delayed gratification when it comes to mental. Uh, you can think about delayed gratification when you think about something. Let's take mental health, for example. Um, I know that it is uh, challenging and difficult to go through your past and to work through that, right? To go through something like counseling or therapy and have that happen and, and have them actually, you know, help you to heal the wounds of your past, you know? And I think one of the things that people don't like about that is obviously one, it costs money, but it also costs time for you to go ahead and do that. And it costs a lot. You have to have a lot of courage and things like that as well. You also have to accept the fact that it might not happen right away. It might be difficult and you might have to, it might be a delayed gratification that you can't speed up, but you can't control. And I think a lot of times we get into either perfectionists or being control freaks, where we want everything to be on our timeline. So if I can't have it right away, I don't want it. And so that's where we have to kind of enter into that delayed gratification mentally. We also can see this with learning, right? We, we look at things like, think about, I, I think about often about uh, all the, the times that people will say, I don't know about finances. I don't know about emotional intelligence. I don't know about my faith. And, and again, people are like, if it's not immediate, if I can't immediately take it and be an expert, then I don't want to start the journey of learning about it. It takes a lot of patience to sit there and say, okay, I have no idea what this is, but I really want to learn about it. I've taken on kind of two projects with that. Really, you could say three all in the financial realm. Um, a fourth one, probably marriage and marriage books that we're trying to crush before we get married in March. But uh, financially, I've been like really deep diving for the last six weeks into cryptocurrency into real estate, and obviously into sales as well. Those are kind of my three things that I think are going to be uh, big in my future financially. And I 
I mean, I have a sales job and I've never done sales before. So I have a lot to learn there. Obviously, I've, I've actually read multiple books on sales before ever getting a sales job. But real estate and crypto, like I knew like nothing. I had made money in crypto this year, but was already just kind of lucky on that. But I'm like, you know what? I want to learn about it. But I give myself the expectation that even though I'm watching videos and listening to podcasts almost daily on the topics, I'm like, dude, like give yourself like six months. Like I don't even want you to evaluate how much you know for the next three to six months. And you need to take like a legit class, online class on both of those things in order to like get discouraged and say that you can't understand it or that you don't know. Too many people just, they dip their toes in and then they say, well, I can't understand it. And they don't, they're not willing to, have to delay that and say, okay, I recognize that I'm a beginner now, right? I'm a rookie and that's okay. And I'm going to give myself the time to learn and to grow emotionally think about emotions oh my gosh delayed gratification this one of the best ways you can think about this is within emotional intelligence right your eq your emotional quotient and a lot of i think anger is one of the best examples of this right so the anger emotion a lot of times when you get angry you're unhappy with something you have two options you can express that rage and anger in an unhealthy way and that's going to likely lead to you not getting what you want especially if it has to deal with other people and it might short-term get you what you want, but it definitely won't long-term get you what you want. What do I mean by that? If you yell at your spouse or at your kid, you might get what you want in that moment, right? You, you, can, you can release your anger, you can let it all out, and you might get what you want in that moment. Or if you're passive-aggressive, there's multiple ways. Not just yelling isn't the only way, negative way to express your anger, right? Passive-aggressive, criticizing, um, the silent treatment, all this kind of stuff, right? There's a ton of different things you can do. Uh, and if you do that, you might get what you want in the moment, but if your long-term goal and your, your desired outcome is to have a happy marriage, a fruitful relationship, a holy relationship, then you still don't really get what you want in the long run. Just, you, you might win the battle, but lose the war. And what's the point in that, right? So delayed gratification, a lot of times is, you know, I'm feeling this emotion. I'm feeling this, whatever it might be. And you still have to process it. I'm not saying to stuff it away, but you just take a second and maybe you just, you, you pause on how long you're going to take. To, to express that, to how long you're going to take to have that difficult conversation, because you have to recognize in some moments, I'm not in a good place to respond to this right now. This honestly happens to me a lot on social media when I, especially if I'm talking about political things or divisive things or controversial things, I don't call them divisive. I guess they are divisive. The truth is divisive. But it, when, when I'm talking about those kind of difficult topics, a lot of times people will come back to me, people clap back, people will get smart, people get rude, whatever. And there's times where I have to be like, I just can't do it right now. I want to respond. I sat down to respond, but I realized my heart's not in a good place. You know, I love it. Um, I never remember which saint said it, but St. Jose Maria Escriva quotes another saint. Man, I want to say it was St. Francis de Sales, who said, uh, I made a pact with my tongue to never speak when my heart is troubled. That's the late gratification in your emotions. To say, I'm not going to ignore the fact that I'm angry. I'm still going to bring it up, but I don't need to bring it up right now. And to have the maturity to recognize that it's actually even better for me if I don't bring it up right now, if I don't express my anger in this negative way. Physically, I think it's pretty obvious, right? Delayed gratification. I would have already lost a lot more weight than I've lost, and I'm down about 15 pounds in the last three months. I, I'd be down 20 or 30 pounds if I was actually practicing delayed gratification, right? We, I mean, one of the most obvious ways you can start to discipline yourself is with your diet and going to the gym. Uh, I find myself, even when I get to the gym, I find myself you know, getting better at still executing and working out as long as I commit to. But I still, you know, even yesterday, I was doing some core, uh, some weighted sit ups. And I was like, man, you know, I was like, I'm gonna do 100 reps, I did 40. 
right? <laughs> Adding 40. And that sucks. But this is what I'm talking about. This is a great example of how you can grow your discipline, this is how you can grow your delayed gratification, right? How you can grow your grit. I used to say, I'm going to go to the gym and then not go. Then I used to say, all right, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out for 50 minutes or an hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever, and stop at 20 minutes. Now I went to the gym and, you know, so won the first battle, right? And I said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. Then I won the second battle and said, all right, I'm going to work out for a long period of time. And I did both of those things. And then towards the end of the workout, about 50 minutes, then I gave up and kind of, you know, slacked out on the court. Now, it doesn't mean that I should accept that, right? And like make excuses, but you do have to recognize your progress and say, okay, that is my ultimate goal is to get to 60 minute workouts four to five days a week and where I'm crushing, crushing abs again, right? Um, either at the beginning or the end of the workout. And, but you have to kind of have yourself some levels that you're going to use to get there. And so you're seeing progress, but you're never seeing progress as fast as you want. But you have to recognize that if you're undisciplined, you're not going to go from undisciplined to disciplined. You're not going to become Jocko Willink or David Goggins tomorrow, right? And so even if you've been that in the past, this is one of my struggles is I've been that in the past. I've been disciplined in the past and I still struggle sometimes now, you know, because I go through these seasons of moving and changing jobs and living in new places and new routines and tearing my Achilles and whatever it might be. You go through life setbacks, right? I was getting on the grind. I was really crushing it. Then I had to go home, fly home for a family emergency last week. Um, and it just threw me totally off. I thought I was going to have two weeks at home. I ended up having like three days here in Denver. And so it's difficult, right? But you have to kind of give yourself some, some leeway as you're growing in that discipline, but also recognize that it's necessary to grow. And so I think the other thing that's really important in there is recognizing that your willpower is limited, right? And so what do I mean by that? Your willpower is limited, meaning that you only have so much of it from the time that your day begins to the time that your day ends. And the more you do the things that sap your willpower, that sap your strength, the easier they'll become, right? But your willpower is a lot like your physical strength. At first, you don't have a lot of it. You don't have a lot of stamina. You don't have a lot of endurance. But over time, you start to grow and you start to have more and more discipline, more and more strength, more and more ability to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things, right? And so think about that throughout your day, right? So if you're somebody that's, let's say your mess seven pillars, just complete, like your, your, your life, I mean, and all seven pillars, just a hot mess, right? You're hot trash in all these different areas. You have to recognize that like you're going to fail at certain things, right? Like, I, I mean, I kind of realized that for myself, right? Is, is like, okay, if I'm battling each day, the temptation to sin. I'm battling each day the temptation to, to just trash my diet, the temptation to not go to the gym. I work at home. The temptation to nap on the couch when I need to work, right? The, the, the temptation to not pray, the temptation to lash out and, and be angry and be unhealthy with my emotions, the temptation to, um, you know, whatever it might be. There's all these different areas to not read. You have to recognize that each, if I don't do any of those things, if I have no positive habits in my life, then I only have so much willpower tomorrow to start those positive habits and to really begin this new journey of trying to be a different person. So I have to recognize and start with those small wins and start to build them up, right? It's kind of like if you have a bunch of debt in, in, in different accounts and different, um, you know, to different that you owe to different debtors, you, you can't pay it all off at once, right? You kind of start with the little ones and get some momentum and get some wins. And then you start to have the ability as you have more money coming in with less debt to pay, you can pay off more debt, right? And if you lower your expenses, you have more ability to do that. And so you want to be careful. And, and really, this is the importance of your environment, creating an environment where you don't have to constantly have, I'm blessed to have a relationship where I don't constantly have to suppress my anger, right? Because Emily and I get along. We have a healthy and happy relationship. So because of that, I don't have to do that. Now, 
there's times where we do have difficulty in our relationship or we have an argument or whatever it might be. And I recognize that that's going to sap out of some other area of my life, right? Because I'm just a human being. I don't have an infinite amount of willpower. And so recognize when you look at some of those people, like I, like I mentioned earlier, like Jocko, even Father Mike Schmitz, right? Like we, there's a lot of Catholic heroes in that world too, um, who are super disciplined and just crushing and getting after it. They didn't start off like that. And some people are more naturally atoned to it. Some people are, are inclined to it. Some people are less. But it doesn't matter how much natural or whatever, like, don't even worry about that for you. Just worry about where you're at and where you're trying to go and start working towards that. Right. All right. The last one I'm going to talk about is financial uh, delayed gratification. I think this is really obvious. Right. It's just sticking to your budget, recognizing your reality for what it is and not overspending. And I think this can be a really difficult one for a lot of people. Um, and it can be difficult for people from both backgrounds. Right. So whether you grew up rich or poor, um, it could be difficult for you. And so I want to talk about some of those challenges. And so if you grew up in a more wealthy family or whatever, maybe you never had to practice delayed gratification and you always just got what you wanted. And that can be really challenging, right? To, to change from that and to shift from that. But a lot of times I see these kids who come from these rich families and they're not making the money that their parents were making. And you want to continue to spend and have and, and go on the trips and do all these things that you don't have the money for. And it's foolish to go ahead and take from something you don't have and to, to try to put it towards something that, that you want and especially something you don't need, right? And I think that's a big problem that we have sometimes in the world today is delineating between wants and needs, truly delineating between what is something that I want and what is something that I need, right? And I think a lot of times the wealthy kids, not always, and I mean, I hope that my kids won't be raised like this or won't grow up to be like this because I hope to have, you know, a comfortable, uh, a comfortable living by the time we have kids. I think we're close to that now, but I think um, delineating between wants and needs and really just kind of having that grind aspect to you, that grit, that's like, no, you know, I don't, I, I recognize what I want for the future. Um, and I'm willing to sacrifice what I want in the present for what I want in the future, because what I want in the future is so much more. And when you get into things like compound interest and all this stuff that's possible in the future, if you're delayed and, and disciplined now, it's incredible, right? But one of the big problems I think that people don't have in all of these areas, but the financial one's one of the easiest to pinpoint this down, is people that don't have financial goals and dreams and think about them and talk about them do not have or do not practice delayed gratification. They don't have the discipline today to say no to themselves if you don't recognize what you're trying to work for 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. And so that's one of the problems. You have to get clear on your goals. And then when you start to break down, okay, how can I make those goals come, come to reality? How can I make those dreams come true? Then you start to be disciplined because you're like, no, this decision that I make today matters. When you can start to link the choice between the burger or the salad to the, the body that you're trying to have in three months, that's when you're going to be able to say no to the burger or whatever the fat food might be, right? That's when you're going to be able to be disciplined and to do the things that it takes, right? To get up and go to the gym. The problem with everything that requires late gratification is it takes so damn long that you don't see the immediate reaction, even though, and everything that's contrary to it, right? Everything that's instant gratification, you do get to see right away. Right. So if I do spend the money instead of saving the money, I get to have the thing right now. If I eat the bad meal instead of saving, you know, waiting to eat dessert or not eating dessert, whatever, I get to experience the joy right now. If I give in the temptations of lust or to living together or to staying overnight in my significant other's house, I get to experience that joy and, and the ease of this and the, the comfort of this and the pleasure of this right now instead of waiting. And that's, that's the problem. So you're really, everything's stacked against you when it comes to late gratification. There's almost nothing positive about it other than the fact that you're really preparing for your future self. So it's extremely prudent and temperate to do it. It's very virtuous 
But other than that, if you don't have the recognition that holiness matters, that you want to be this, you know, magnanimous and excellent and virtuous human being five, 10, 15 years from now, then what's the point? It doesn't matter, right? Because you just lose, there's no actual, uh, you know, short-term benefit to what you're doing other than the fact that you grow in discipline, which is an incredible, immeasurable benefit. But if you don't recognize that as valuable, then you're not going to care. So this is why I love the rich dad, poor dad uh, philosophy that kind of I like to combine with Grant Cardone. So this is kind of like to help you understand the, the uh, you know, kind of the financial mindset of delayed gratification, right? Um, oh, before I get into that, sorry, I, I skipped a part. So going back to, I talked about rich kids can struggle because maybe they never had to practice delayed gratification. And the other hand, um, kids that come from less money can, can struggle as well, because if you always had to practice delayed gratification, right? If you never had the money for the nice things or the stuff you wanted, then it's also really difficult once you start having money available to you to, to, to not spend it, right? You spent so long not having it. Now you want to go out and spend it. Now you want to have nicer things, go to the nicer clubs, have the nicer trips, whatever it might be. Um, and, and both can be really, really difficult places to kind of find that middle and say, no, you know, I am where I am. That like this is one of the biggest things with delayed gratification is accepting your effing reality to say, you know, I I don't I don't like people sometimes will get get mad at me if I'm like, oh, I'm fat or I'm I'm you know I'm overweight or whatever. They'll be like, no, you're not, no, you're not. Dude, I weigh 255 pounds at 5'11. You know, like that it's overweight, it's objectively overweight. I objectively had a gut, right? Like I remember when I had six pack. And now I remember when I had a gut, right? Like I, I, I don't like the latter, right? Like I know that I don't like it. It was an objective reality, uh, you know? Like, so yeah, sometimes I'd be like my fat ass or whatever. Like maybe that's not nice to yourself to talk to yourself that way, but it doesn't really bother me. Why? Because I've grown to understand that this is my reality. This is how much money is in my bank account. This is where I'm currently at. This is how much time I'm actually spending each day praying. And maybe that sucks, right? Like maybe I'm sucking right now in that area. But being able to recognize that is actually freeing. It's not uh, debilitating. It's not discouraging. If you have the, uh, you know, the uh, a growth mindset that says, you know, this is my reality, but it doesn't have to be this way. And praise the Lord, I'm the one that gets to change it. Now, that also means I'm the one that has to change it, but it means I'm the one that gets to change it. And so it's all about the story you tell yourself, right? And so, uh that's kind of the poor and rich kid approaches, I think, to delayed gratification and can be difficult. But rich dad, poor dad, and Grant Cardone. So uh, last couple of things here, because I'm going a lot longer than I thought I would. I thought this was going to be like 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> one thing, okay, Grant Cardone is constantly saying like cash is shit, right? Like he doesn't think you should have cash sitting around your bank account. And why would you? Listen, if you have inflation, uh, and, and mind you, I am not a financial advisor by any means. I'm just telling you the way that I think about money um, from the people that I've learned it from is if you don't have any effing, uh, uh, if you have money sitting in your bank account, dude, what are you doing? You, you not see the news about inflation and how much inflation is just taking off? You're literally losing like 4% a year as long as we have this administration right now. Like you, you're actively losing money if you're sitting cash in your bank account, right? Right. It's going down. If the dollar decreases in value, inflation rises, the prices of things rise, then the actual like worth of your money decreases, not increases, which is a problem. Right. The other thing that I love. Okay. So you take that and, and you, you put your money elsewhere. Right. So what I tried to do is I did it for a long time. I would sit and I would have literally 30, $40,000 in my savings account, like after deployment and all these things, right. These times where I got to save a lot of money. And I was like, man, this is great. 
And then I finally realized like, this is dumb. Like what, like I'm literally, it wasn't as bad, you know, during the, the first four years I was out of college, but now, I mean, it's just terrible to let your money just sit there and rot away. And so I was like, I got to get rid of this. And, and part of it was that coming up and listening to my parents argue about money, fight about where the mortgage was going to come from, fight about spending, right? Overspend, not save for retirement. All that stuff really tripped me out and kind of gave me anxiety around this. So, and you combine that with my ignorance around investing and I just didn't really do it. I just, I just saved my money. I just wanted to have it. And obviously that's a lot better than to go out and spend it all my damn money. But at the same time, it's not great, right? It's not the, it's not the, the it's not the level of excellence. It's not what we're trying to get to. And so what Grant Cardone, the, he says, yo, get rid of your money, right? Like you have to be putting your money to work and investing it. And, and there's a lot that goes into that. And I'm going to do a podcast on that. I have it written out and everything. I know I talk about this one all the time. I might record it this week. But then you have Rich Dad, Poor Dad that kind of combines that reality with the mindset of instead of saying I can't afford it, saying how can I afford it, right? So I allocate a specific amount of my money um, towards investing, towards saving um, every month. And it's a, high, it's a higher percentage than I think most people allocate um, because I want to be extra cost, extra safe, right? I want to be able to hopefully have the money if I want to pay for my kids to go to college, if I want to retire when I'm 60, if I want to whatever, I want to be able to do it. And so um, I'm not somebody out here just trying to like retire at 35. I don't understand that because yeah, that's, that's a song for another time. I'll talk about that later, but um, you, you have to have that kind of rich that poor that mindset. So I have the money, but I move the money out and I recognize and made the mental commitment like long ago. That's like cemented in my mind to the point of frustration to those around me sometimes that if that money is gone, right. If it's in investments, I can't touch it. Right. And, and that's true. Obviously for like your IRA, IRA, I said that like a four-year-old IOA, IRA in your 401k. But even if you're investing in more liquid things like your day trading or stocks or crypto, whatever, to still look at it like I can't touch that right now, right? And having a game plan of when you can bring some of that money out. So I have to like appreciate some of the gains. But even with that, so you put that away, right? And you have the money, but then you look at your bank account and you're like, wow, I have $1,200 in my checking account, right? Right. So if you're trying to afford something or buy something, you have to stop and think, okay, um, one, I'm not just thinking about what do I want to buy tomorrow because that's stupid. I want to say, okay, what is it that like, I'm trying to anticipate my wants, um, anticipate my needs, right? So I have my money saved aside. So I have my emergency fund. Um, I have my, you know, six months of expenses fund uh, saved up in case I were to lose my job. Now, both Emily and I have pretty secure jobs. So it's highly unlikely, but I think like what, what, uh, like if I want to, for example, I want to buy a dog, then I start saving up to buy that dog now uh, because I want to buy it in the spring, right? I want to buy it in January, March, whatever. So I'm like, how much money is it going to cost? I want to start saving up for that now. So I have the money when it comes. And so that's what the late gratification is. It's being future focused and not just saying, you know, or, or example, I want to buy it. I need a new suit and I want to buy a new suit. Um, because my, a lot of my other suits don't fit and stuff anymore. And so it's like, I want to buy a new suit. All right, well, how much money is that going to cost? I'm going to start saving up for that now and finding other ways, whether it's speaking gigs, writing, um, you know, working in different ways that I can actually make the money that I want. Uh, and how can I make more money, right? Make my money work for me better so that I can afford the things that I want. Not just my needs, but the money that I want. If you're in your 20s, really your money, uh, a vast majority of your money should be going towards your needs and towards investing, right? Like and, and savings like that. That should be what it goes to. That's just the reality of it. Unless you want to be broke forever or you have some plans to make a half a million dollars a year in 10 years. But I don't have uh, I don't have plans really for for either of those. So I'm trying to practice that delayed gratification. Say, OK, 
I have a good amount of money right now. I like where I'm at at 28. I have big dreams where I want to be when I'm 30. Um, but, uh, you know, these next two years, especially as we head into marriage here soon, but I don't, I don't look at this money that I have and just say, all right, I'm going to spend it all. I look at it and I'm just like, damn, I wish I had more. I remember when I had more in savings or whatever, but I bought a car, paid it off, did all these things, um, uh, you know, had buy an engagement ring, plan for a wedding. And I'm like, I'm not going to be broken it. And so I look at it and it's like, I don't have that money. It doesn't exist. Right. And so how can I take that same mindset to say, okay, not praying is not an option, right? Not going to confession is not an option. Um, eating this food that is unhealthy for me or not um, doing my intermittent fasting and being disciplined and sticking to that is not an option so that you don't even consider it, right? Like that's the, the ultimate mindset you want to get to. I had all this other stuff I wanted to get into, but hot dog, it's been a long time. So I'm going to let you go with that. But I want you to think about these different areas of your life because the truth is uh, typically if you don't practice late gratification, um, either you do it in most areas or you do it in none, right? Like it's a lot easier once you start to get into some areas, um, but you'll do it in all the areas that you value, right? So uh, you might be somebody who there's a lot of people out there who are super disciplined in their eating and their gym, but are not disciplined in their finances. They're not disciplined in their spiritual life. They're not disciplined practicing delayed gratification in their emotions, whatever. Um, but you will find that it's easier once they start to value those things to transition that same discipline, that same practice, that same virtue into those areas. And so I want you to think about your life in those different areas and think, what is, uh, you know, what can I, I grow in? What, what do I have the most ability or the most room for growth? I guess you could put it that way. What, where do you have the most room for growth? And how are you handling the things that you're supposed to be a steward of? Money's an easy example of that. Your body's an easy example of that. Your mind and your soul are also good examples of that. How are you being a good steward of those things? Are you a four-year-old that has to eat the marshmallow right away? Or do you have the ability to sit there and look at it and say, I don't, I, that's not what, that's not, I can't handle that right now. It's not right now. It's not what I need right now. I'm going to have the dessert. I'm going to have the, the, the spending and, and buy a car that I want. I'm going to have, you know, the ability to have the card conversation to express the way that I feel eventually um, when my heart's ready to do so in a, in a healthy way. I'm going to have, uh, you know, all of those things that I want, but I, it's not going to happen right now. Like my professional job, I, I might not be where I want to be right now, but I don't need to quit and jump from job to job to job um, because I'm unhappy because I recognize that I'm entering on the ground floor because I'm an entry level person and it takes time to grind your way up to the top. But I'm not going to quit on that because it gets hard and it gets difficult. Recognize the life that you want. Start thinking out further. I need you to start developing a vision for your life. So I want you to start thinking out further. Where do you want to be when you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and start working towards those things now, right? Uh, you know, it's the classic overused phrase of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? So think about it, like paint that elephant of what you want your life to be and then start working at it uh, bite by bite each and every day and growing your discipline. All right. Thank you, guys. It has been great uh, talking with you this, today. Um, I want to say this morning because it's early here, but great being with you today. I hope that you uh, you know, got something from today's message. If you found it helpful, share with somebody. If you're a constant listener of the podcast, please, the best thing you can do for us is to leave a review on the podcast. Either just tap the stars, but if you would take two minutes and write out a written review, man, it would be so, so helpful. Uh, if you want to share this with anybody, also super helpful. But thank you just for listening. That is enough for me. I'm super grateful for you. Um, and uh, just glad that we could we could go on this journey together of pursuing our personal best. And so uh, don't forget to pray today, work out, read, and uh, just fight hard to be your best in every way. God bless.